0: Hello everyone, this is Tom Fox, and I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I'd like to welcome you to my January 2018 podcast series of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program. But first, a word about this month's sponsor, Conversant. As the leading global provider of ethics and compliance cloud software, Conversant connects ethics to business performance by weaving ethics and values into everyday operations in over 600 of the world's largest companies. Its Ethics Cloud Platform provides a suite of applications, Conversant Insight, Conversant's Helpline, Conversant Campaigns, Conversant Disclosures, and Conversant Third Parties that gives executives insight required to make proactive informed decision about their company's ethical health. Conversant's customers include Microsoft, Tesla, Four Seasons Hotels and Resorts, Campanini and Under Armour, who care deeply about driving ethics into the center of their organizations. Check out more at conversant.com. If you have been following me over the past year, you know that I have gone on a one-year exploration of various components of a Best Practices Compliance Program. However, during this exploration, there were two very important documents released by the Department of Justice relating to a Best Practices Compliance Program. In February 2017, there the Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs document, and in November 2017, there was the announcement of the new FCPA Corporate Enforcement Policy. Therefore, in this month of January, I'm going to lay out for you what should go into your best practices compliance program based upon the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program and these two documents. Over the next 31 days, I will be exploring the best way to more fully operationalize a compliance program using the most recent DOJ resources. I hope you will join me for the full 31 days as we engage in an exploration to a more effective compliance program. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 30, using a root cause analysis. We've previously considered the prong in the evaluation of corporate compliance programs which was not present in the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program, the prong discussing the root cause analysis. This addition was carried forward as a requirement in the Department of Justice's new corporate FCPA corporate enforcement policy. So I want to consider how you should use the results of a root cause analysis in remediating your compliance program. Under prong one, analysis and remediation of underlying misconduct, the evaluation stated, what specific changes has the company made to reduce the risk that the same or similar issues will not occur in the future? What specific remediation has addressed the issues identified in the root cause and missed opportunities? The new DOJ-FCPA corporate enforcement policy brought forward this requirement for a root cause analysis with the following language, demonstration of thorough analysis of causes and underlying conduct, i.e. root cause analysis, and where appropriate remediation to address root causes. I should begin with who should perform the remediation. Should it be someone on the root cause analysis team or not? I put this question to well-known fraud expert Jonathan Marks, a partner at Markham LLP, who believes the key is both independence and objectivity. It may be that an investigator is is a subject matter expert and therefore more qualified to get to that particular recourse. Yet to perform the remediation, the key is to integrate the information developed from the root cause analysis into the solution. That may be a different person. Marks has noted that errors required in some type of financial statements may indicate deficiencies in internal controls. More importantly, the failure to remediate gaps in internal controls provides the opportunity for additional errors or misconduct to occur and could damage the company's credibility with regulators and allow the same or similar conduct to reoccur. Finally, both the evaluation of corporate compliance programs and the new FCPA corporate enforcement policy say that the Department of Justice has added its voice to prior SEC statements that it will focus on what steps the company took upon learning of the misconduct, whether the company immediately stopped the misconduct, and what new and more effective internal controls or procedures the company has adopted or plans to adopt to prevent a recurrence. Well-known risk management professional expert Ben Lockwin considered it from the blame angle when he wrote simply catalog." cataloging and assigning cause to a defect or error is not compliance. Compliance presumes systems and processes are designed to adhere to regulatory pronouncements. Selecting human error from a drop-down list and assigning it as a root cause means the user is accountable for having thoroughly investigated the causal facts of the error or defect, identifying and determining which root causes are most likely, according to the preponderance of the evidence, to have been associated with a defect. This means not blaming some individuals and terminating them because actually fixing the broken compliance system, which allowed the violation in the first place. Lachlan concludes by noting, Stop blaming people for bad systems and bad processes. The people are the human capital that are actually doing the thinking and processing to generate profits for your company. Unless there is data to suggest willful negligence or gross incompetence, then in that case address the top, the talent development gap or termination. A nicely documented retraining of Alice or Bob isn't going to improve successive outcomes on future iterations of the same work, guaranteed. I have plenty of data showing these sorts of human error interventions, re- <clears throat> i.e. retraining, are less than 5% effective at preventing recurrence of the problem. As required under the evaluation, from the regulatory perspective, the critical element is how did you use the information you developed in the root cause analysis. Literally, every time when you see a problem as a compliance officer, you should be performing a root cause analysis. Was something approved or not approved before the untoward event happened? Was any harm done? Why or why not? Why did the system fail? Was it because the person who is doing the approval was too busy? Was it because that person didn't understand their obligations? It is answering it is in answering these and other questions that you have developed at, through a root cause analysis that you can bring real value and real solutions to compliance programs. The key is that after you've identified the causes of the problem, consider the solutions that can be implemented by developing a logical approach using data that already exists in your company. Identify current and future organizational needs for improvement. Your solution should be a repeatable step-by-step process in which one process can confirm the results of another. By focusing on the corrective measures of root cause, it is more effective than simply treating the symptom of a problem or an event Will will you have a much more robust solution in place. This is because solutions are more effective when accomplished through a systematic process with conclusions backed up by the evidence. When you step back and consider what the Department of Justice was trying to accomplish with its evaluation, it becomes clear what the DOJ expects from the compliance professional in the context of using a root cause analysis. Wei Chen, in an interview on the Radical Compliance podcast, made clear she desired the evaluation should cause CCOs and compliance practitioners to consider the structure of their compliance programs and how it relates and interrelates to a company's risk profile. When you have a compliance failure, you should use a root cause analysis to think about each of the structural elements of your compliance program and how they could impact or deal rather, and how you manage and deal with that risk. Chen stated, I would use that approach that I hope is consistently clear throughout the document which is that the quest for thinking through what you want to accomplish it, how you're going to do it, what are you going to do to accomplish these things, how do you measure the results, and what data are you getting getting to collect the information to inform your decisions along the way. So what are today's three key takeaways? Number one, It is mandatory that you use the information from your root cause analysis and you turn that information in an auditable form, i.e. document, document, document. So when the regulators come knocking, you can show how you've looped the information from your root cause analysis back into your compliance program. Number two, from Ben Lachlan: do not blame people. The myth of the rogue employee is simply that, a rogue employee. If there was an employee or a group of employees that engaged in bribery and corruption, what controls did they override? How did they override those controls? How did they develop the pot and pool of money to pay the bribe? Do not blame the human element, as many are wont to do. And finally, channel your inner Winnie the Pooh. Think, think, think. Use this opportunity to think about your compliance program. Are there structural deficiencies that need to be enhanced, upgraded, or somehow changed to prevent what you're doing going forward? Think about what Wei Chen has said, that she hopes that the entire evaluation of corporate compliance documents will get people to think about their compliance programs and how it interrelates to their company's risk. And that's certainly true of the risk excuse me, using your root cause analysis. This is Tom Fox. I hope you've enjoyed day 30 of 31 days to a more effective compliance program. And I hope you'll join me tomorrow for the final day in our 31-day series, day 31 of 31 days to a more effective compliance program. This is Tom Fox again. Thank you for listening to this episode of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program sponsored by Conversant. I hope you will join me tomorrow and, indeed, for the entire 31 days in January while I will be exploring the best way to more fully operationalize your compliance program using the most recent resources the Department of Justice has communicated to us, the evaluation of corporate compliance programs, and the new FCPA corporate enforcement policy. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening. 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network.